Welcome to this week's edition of We're the North Bank. We're going to be discussing how Mikel Arteta can find the balance between defence and attack. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Dan Potts. Dan, first of all, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, man. Your uh, your introduction is getting as long as the same old Arsenal, mate. What's all that about? <laughs> I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to top them. Don't tell Craig. Uh, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> how are you, first of all, mate? Mm. All good? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Great to be on with you again, mate. It's been a strange old week, but uh, they uh, they never cease to amaze me, this football club, mate. So we're going to get into it and see uh, how we can improve this form because it is, oh, mate, it ain't good to watch at the moment. Yeah, that, that that's kind of the thing, isn't it? It's been, you know, when you look at the results, and I know a lot of people were frustrated with the Leicester result, and I was frustrated, and, and we spoke about it at length on another show yesterday, didn't we? And we really kind of got into it and pulled that Arsenal display apart. The thing is, when you look at the three defeats that we've had in the Premier League so far this season, I don't want to make excuses because we're Arsenal Football Club. That, you know, that doesn't wash. But we have lost at City. We have lost at Liverpool. And a defeat against Leicester, I guess, is not the end of the world. It is kind of the point I'm I'm trying to make. And, and I don't want to sit and go back over that game um, or sort of relive the kind of frustrations that we've all aired over the last few days. It has been tough. Um, we've all been disappointed. We've all been frustrated. Um, I think what was probably most frustrating about that particular game was the way it all unfolded. I mean, we were all saying it in the WhatsApp group, weren't we, at, at halftime? Vardy 1-0 written all over it. And of course, that came to fruition, which was really, really frustrating. But I want to talk a little bit about how possibly Mikel Arteta can tweak things to try and find a little bit more balance between defence and attack. He's come in, he's taken over a team who defensively were a horror show, um, to put it politely. He's come in, he's worked really, really hard in order to make us difficult to beat, to make us defensively stable. I think he has achieved that. Um, you know, there are still some mistakes in there, which there will be unless you literally rip everybody out of the team and start fresh. There'll always be mistakes. Um, we've seen even the likes of Virgil van Dijk of late make mistakes. So mistakes do happen. But overall, first of all, do you agree with me that we are harder to beat and more, more difficult to beat? Yes and no. I think that we're a lot more compact and I think that there's some discipline now at the back. But I think that Leicester and City would say that we weren't that difficult to beat, um, if I'm honest with you, and perhaps Liverpool as well. I mean, <clears throat> I look at the situation and think perhaps the tactics were so simple for those sides against us because there wasn't really any threat from Arsenal, you know? We didn't look, wow, God, they were having a right go at these these, this team so although it might have been harder for them to score against us they still did and we didn't take anything from any of those three games and we go into the one against Manchester United now fearing the same I mean it has to be said the fans are worried now because we're going into a game where we don't really seem to take many points uh, Mike Dean's the ref which is never a great start when you hear that news of course but also our big six 
in a t- like away from home. <sighs> 2015 is the last time we've won this. So I do worry, but we are perhaps at a stage where we're not going to be shredding shedding kind of four or five goals like perhaps we were under Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery at Anfield and the Etihad. So perhaps that's a, is that progress? I don't know. Maybe it is. It is some kind of progress. I think it's up for debate whether it's enough progress um, f- for the time that obviously Mikel Arteta has been there. I think that's certainly a debate that you could have. Um, for me, I think a lot of us were kind of accepting of the fact that Arsenal were going to be a little bit dull. Arsenal were going to be a little bit boring, a little bit less expansive, given the fact that we were playing with this, you know, people called it a back three, but essentially, particularly in games like the one we've got coming up at the weekend, it was a back five. Um, you know, yes, it was flexible at times and we saw, uh, you know, maybe the, the left-sided centre-back move into left-back and kind of release another body into the midfield or down the flank at times, but... I think we all kind of accepted that that was just kind of the way it had to be with the personnel that we had. Now, the signing of Thomas Partey was massive. We were all delighted about it. I think why there's so much frustration probably lingering around from from Monday, uh, Sunday night's game, it just feels weird seeing a game on Sunday night, doesn't it? Um, why there's probably so much frustration lingering is because of the fact that despite having Thomas Partey, we still played with three centre-backs. And... You know, that for me was was really frustrating. I don't think it's as simple as, you know, just dropping everything that you've done, all the, all the hard work that the team have done and that Mikel Arteta have done uh, to make us more defensively sound. It's not a case of just saying, right, we're going to switch now to a 4-3-3. But he's got to be braver, I think. I think he's got to push that extra body into the middle of the park. And I think he's probably got to pick a front three and stick with it. What are your kind of thoughts? If you were in charge, you know, what would be your first port of call in terms of obviously trying not to lose, you know, that sort of defensive solidarity that we've built, but also trying to be a little bit more creative, trying to be a little bit more expansive and carrying a little bit more threat of our own? Yeah, I mean, listen, you say about just just scrapping it and starting again. I don't think we should be doing that because there are certain certain aspects of the game where we've improved. My problem is that something's got to change, and sometimes a small change can be can take you over those hurdles. And I think that's what Arteta needs to now do. <clears throat> now, what that change is is an interesting one because do we go back to a number ten? I personally don't like a number ten, but I wouldn't mind seeing it because it means it's something different. It means that we're trying something different now. It might not work. We might have to go to four at the back again. We might have to go to a four-three-three, four-two-three-one, whatever he believes is the next be- best thing. But I honestly believe Arteta scratching his head, mate. I honestly do. I think he said, "Look, I tried four-three-three, it didn't work. I then went to a three at the back, and it started to work. We turned into a bit of a cup side, and maybe we were harder to beat. Now we've stuck with that for so long, and we've seen us be boring against Sheffield United, West Ham, Fulham. You know these teams that we have we've got through hasn't been exciting to watch. You know." Even Fulham was an easy win, but you didn't look at it and think, wow, we are rapid. You know, that could have been eight or nine. It was a quite a sort of compact game still, I thought. So I think that when you look at what he's trying to achieve now, it has to be make plan A better or change to plan B. I don't think he can stick with this. I think what he's got to do is change. Now, what I'd like to see happen personally is to be a little bit more ambitious and have a go at somebody. And who better than to have a go at than Manchester United at the moment? They're struggling at home. They've got weak players like Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw that we can target. <clears throat> Why don't we try something different? Now, I totally agree 
which is rare for me and you to agree, but I do, with the front three. I think the front three needs to just be stayed the same now. Drop Lacazette. I call him Lacazette threat now because he doesn't have any threat whatsoever as far as I'm concerned in the last few games. I think Aubameyang through the centre is what needs to happen. It's fine playing him on the left, but when you've not got a front man who can score you the goals that he does, put him in the middle. And just see what happens, yeah? These things might not work, but it ain't working at the moment. So at least take a risk, like you say. And then play what you believe is your best right midfielder and left midfielder. And at the moment, it looks to me that he's going to go with Willian and Saka as that choice because he seems to fancy Willian ahead of Pepe. I think Willian uh, had a knock, didn't he? That was the only reason he's been out. So I think if he sticks with Willian, Aubameyang and Saka just for a couple of games, even if it's just two, yeah? See what happens. If it doesn't work then you switch it around. But for me, you've got to try something for more than one game. I'm seeing Eddie come in. I'm seeing Pepe on right, then left, then through the middle. I'm seeing Willian as a false nine. It doesn't make any sense. He's so he's scratching his head, Harry. He's thinking, what am I supposed to do with this team? I don't really think I can get anything out of these players because none of them are actually good enough. And there's probably four or five players at the moment that I'd say teams would be interested in around us. That's it. And that's poor, you know, most of the time people should be looking at our team thinking, I'd love him in our midfield. I'd absolutely love him at the back. I'd love him up front. I think we could say that with maybe two or three players, but I don't think people look at us as a threat anymore. I don't think Man United are scared of us. I really don't. I don't think they are. Why should they be? I think it's a a difficult one for Mikel Arteta to strike a balance because I think, you know, and we, we discussed this on last night's podcast, but You know, one of the things we were saying was that there wasn't an Arsenal fan out there prior to his arrival that didn't want to see a more structurally sound Arsenal, a more defensive sound Arsenal. We've kind of got that. And then people are kind of getting fed up of the fact that actually, yes, we've, we've, I'm not going to say mastered, that's too strong a term, but we've developed in that side, yet we've fallen short going the other way now. And as Arsenal fans brought up in the Arsene Wenger era, which I know I am, I can't get my head around Arsenal being so toothless in an attacking sense. And people will argue that Arsene Wenger's Arsenal weren't very good at the end and all of that stuff. But you still went into games with a feeling that we could create opportunities and that we could hurt people. We always knew we were going to give something away down the other end of the pitch, but you had that confidence. And I don't have that confidence in this Arsenal side. I think there are a number of players who maybe are are playing... In, in too much of a rigid system in the sense of Aubameyang, for example, we know that Aubameyang doesn't give you a great deal more other than scoring goals. So playing him on the flank, I get it to a degree. I get the whole point of him arriving into the box late and picking up different spaces and having that freedom to drift inside without necessarily being the primary sort of target of the centre-backs. But when you have him in that wide position, then there's no creativity there. Where does that creativity come from? It simply isn't there. You know, we've seen that Mikel Arteta has, I think he tried to change it a little bit against Leicester in the sense of, I'm not going to say he completely changed it, but he did. There was an emphasis, wasn't there, on the fullbacks. There was a real emphasis on Kieran Tierney and Hector Bellerin getting forward. Um, and I think both of them actually did pretty well. But the problem is then you get into a position where you have opportunities to put the ball in the penalty area and the likes of Johnny Evans and whoever else in that Leicester defence, well, they're going to happily stand on the edge of their six-yard box and head balls out for fun because we don't have that that aerial presence. We don't have that uh, target in the penalty area. 
we don't have that to be able to play that way. So is it a case of now we're looking at sort of the changes that we've made in terms of our structure and now the players like the Lacazette's, I'm not going to say Aubameyang because we know he's a fantastic striker, but someone like Lacazette, is he just now not fit for purpose? Is he just not fit for this particular way that Arsenal want to play? People talk about his hold-up play. I think that's a bit of a myth, if I'm honest. I don't think his hold-up play is that great. Um, He certainly doesn't have an aerial presence. He certainly doesn't link up as well as he could with some of the players around him. And I accept that at times it's a lonely role and people don't get up alongside him quick enough. But are we looking at it now and thinking, you know, we fixed that bit, but now we're looking further forward in the side. And actually we don't have the players that we need to do this. And that's probably why we have to calm down a little bit, no? And just and just trust. I'm not going to say trust the process. I know everyone hates that phrase, but we have to just trust it in the in what Mikel Arteta is doing and, and understand that actually to get to the end goal is going to take a bit longer than a season. I think everybody agrees it's going to take longer than a season. I think the problem we've got is it's worrying to how we're playing at the moment because it's boring. And you touch on Lacazette. I mean, his hold-up plays poor. He scored three in the last four games, I think it is, or five games. But he hasn't played well. His performances have been terrible, even when he has scored a goal. And it's been a scuff of a goal. He's never really looked at that performance and taken the the kind of uh, the, uh, the best player on the pitch or, or, you know, taking the game by the scruff of the neck, so to speak, to say, look, this is me and this is why I'm the number nine at Arsenal. I don't see that with him. I really don't see that with him at all, which is why I think Aubameyang needs to come down the centre. I think what happens with the, or the worry, I suppose, is... Are we now going to be a defensive side or are we going to manage to get that creativity to allow the front three to get some chances? Because the front three have had chances. They've just missed them. Yeah, that is the problem. There hasn't been a complete zero creativity. We've had chances. We've missed them. We see Aubameyang and Saka miss chances from fantastic saves from Edison. We saw Lacazette get saved from Alisson. We've seen uh, uh, misses or wasted chances from Lacazette the other night against Leicester so there's been chances for us to score goals but we haven't taken those chances so that is on the front men 100% but they're not getting the freedom in midfield or the balance right in midfield and that's what I think needs to change massively now because I think once you get the creativity and the balance in midfield correct you'll see the front men playing better and then you hopefully still have that discipline and that stability at the back which has now been enforced by Mikel Arteta so what, what's, what's the solution then, Dan? Because we talk a lot about, you know, we need creativity, we need this, we need that. We can't go out now in, you know, going into November and bring in another midfield player. So based on what Mikel Arteta currently has at his disposal, what is the solution? What would you be doing? And, you know, I'll get your thoughts and then I'll, I'll probably share with you guys what kind of is going through my head with regards to how we can maybe improve in this area? Well, personally, I think that he's got to look within the squad now to see who he believes is going to be that creator. And if it's Saka, then give him a go at number 10. If it's Saka, you want to give him a go at left centre midfielder. If it's Pepe, then give him a go at number 10. Smith Rowe, let's see what he can do. There must be somebody in there that has got the number one jersey at that in that position. Because Ceballos, I don't think, is that guy. Chaka and Party are too defensive. And when you've got players in your side that are being tried and tested like Willian down the centre, you can see Arteta is trying something because 
he was doing some very bizarre things, uh, particularly in the Manchester City game with William. And I think perhaps he was looking at that as a potential option. That didn't work, in my opinion. So let's try something else. I think Hossamawa was his option. That was what I think he wanted. We didn't get him. Whether or not we go back for him in January is a different discussion. But I feel we need somebody like that in the team. And if it's not going to be Hossamawa at the moment, we're going to have to find that man. I think personally, just try against Manchester United. Just try it and see what happens. Just look at Saka in that role and say, at the moment, you are our most biggest threat. Or but can Pepe, you, not see, you are can, our biggest threat. Can you not see how, if Mikel Arteta goes to Old Trafford, opens us up by trying to add this additional creativity, gets beat and gets beaten well, how that just adds to the pressure on him? Because, we've look, we, we, we lost to Leicester by a goal to nil with a goal they nicked in the last 10 minutes in a game where we had a goal wrongfully disallowed, et cetera, et cetera. And the reaction to that has been huge. So can you not see why Mikel Arteta might be redundant, uh, redundant, reluctant to do something like that? Reluctant to say, right, I'm going to take out one of my defensive players and give somebody a free role in the number 10 position on a hope that they will produce something for us in the attacking third. You can see that he's a little bit in between a rock and a hard place, no? We'll see how stubborn he is, won't we? We'll see how stubborn he is. Is he going to be listening to what the fans are saying by saying, look, you have to change something. This is terrible to watch. And we're not even winning. You don't mind so much if you're winning 1-0 and you're not playing that great. But losing 1-0 and not playing great is even worse, you know? So for me... I think he does have to be more creative and does have to be more expressive and take a risk because I think the fans will respect that, that he is listening and saying, we've got to change something, right? Okay, we might lose the game still, but if we actually have a go and you can see that it's working or there's progress, then I think fans will respect that more. At the moment, I don't think everyone's bored when they're watching Arsenal. I think everybody's frustrated when they're watching Arsenal. I don't think people are appreciating some of the loyalty he's showing to some of these uh, players. I listen, look at Maitland-Niles. He's probably thinking, why didn't I go to Wolves in the summer? I'll be playing every week there. You know, he's told the manager, I will stay. I'll stick with your project. I trust in what you're doing. Doesn't even get a game. Thursday night, Cedric plays. And then the weekend, Bellerin plays. Why? What's going on? He'd rather play Kalasanak and Cedric than Ainsley Maitland-Niles. What is that all about? Then I look at some of the loyalty he's shown towards Chaka or Mustafi coming on the other night was just a disaster. I understand he was the only sub we had on the bench, by the way, but why is he even there? Just play William Saliba when you've got Fofana playing for Leicester. Let's see this kid. I want to see this guy in the, in the, in the, in the team now. So I have a little bit of an issue with some of the loyalty he shows. I hear that Mustafi was in, uh, offered a new contract, which just... I mean, it beggars belief as far as I'm concerned when you're looking at those sort of players. So it's what he does now, and, and I want to see something different. I still don't believe that Reese Nelson or Eddie Nketiah or Smith-Rowe or Willock are the answer long-term for Arsenal because they, it's, the jury's still out. But I'd rather see them giving their all and playing for the shirt than I would some of the others because I've seen them. I've seen what they can do for four seasons, Harry. And yeah. they haven't been... If they were reliable head, heads, if it was like, you know what, let's stick Mustafi in because he's a reliable head. He's a veteran of the game. He knows how to read a game well. His position's great. He won't let us down. I'd go, absolutely makes sense 100%. But when you look at his performance the other night when he come on, I mean, I know he probably wasn't fit, but it was a shambles, wasn't it? You know, it was a shambles. And I'd rather just play... I'd, I'd rather Saliba made that mistake. I would because he could learn from it. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from with that. And and obviously it looks like Mustafi will be leaving the club. And so, it, but again, it's all about... Good riddance, Jesus. 
it's all about Mikel Arteta not wanting to take major, major risks. And, you know, as much as people get onto Mustafi's back, and, and rightly so at times, since Mikel Arteta has come in, he's probably been one of our most consistent defenders. I don't think anyone can agree can disagree with that. I think that is taking the the I can't stand Mustafi hat off for a minute and being realistic. Him and David Lewis have been our best two centre-backs. And that's why in his eyes, in Mikel Arteta's eyes, it's less of a risk playing someone like Mustafi, whether fit or not. And I think that's kind of the key point. Can you not see there though, Harry, that although they've been consistently good in, in your eyes, that Mustafi was still responsible for the no, shambolic part at Chelsea? I can. shambolic defending the other night. I'm not, I'm not saying that he wasn't responsible for those moments. I'm not saying he wasn't responsible for those incidents. I'm, I'm just sharing why I think that Mikel Arteta prefers to go with Mustafi over Saliba. Because to him, in Mikel Arteta's eyes, and we know it's all about risk with Mikel Arteta, he doesn't take risks. He doesn't take risks in the way his team play, in the way his team set up. He just He's a risk-averse character. And so that's all I'm saying is that's why I believe he's gone with the experienced head of Mustafi rather than, than Saliba in that instance. In regards to, to what I think about how Arsenal can be a little bit more sort of, um, you know, progressive, a little bit more aggressive, I guess, in the attack. I think it's not even necessarily about the personnel. I think it's a little bit about the instruction. I feel like our system is is so rigid and so finely tuned that people feel that they maybe don't have that creative freedom to take a risk here or there. And the whole point of creating this defensive structure, this structure that makes us more solid is to be able to then be in a position where you can take those risks knowing that there is a structure behind you that will more often than not clean up when you do lose the ball. So for me, it's basic things like Nicolas Pepe, for me, he's a dribbler. I like players that pick up the ball and run at people because that's how you make things happen. You can pass the ball left and right, sideways, all night, and you won't get anywhere because you're not taking people out of position. The minute you pick up the ball and run at somebody, they're, they're in panic mode. What do they do? Do they come and commit to you? If they commit to you and you beat them, you're in behind. If they commit to you and you manage to get a pass off, then you've pulled someone out of position. For me, it's about being proactive. Nicolas Pepe would be in the side for me on that basis. I'd love to see him. Would you put him centrally though? Like it's number no, 10, right? No, huh? I would I would use, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a, there's a documentary about Pep Guardiola's style of play. And it's something that Thierry Henry's spoken about a lot. Um, since he he retired from the game. And what I would ask Nicolas Pepe to do is to play on the right, but I'd ask him to pull right out wide onto the touchline so that when he receives the ball on his stronger left foot, he can go infield. But his 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 instruction has to be, you drive at that penalty area, diagonally, straight lines towards the goal. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want you to be as direct as you possibly can. That's what I want to see from someone like Nicolas Pepe. Another really, really basic concept it, it, it sounds so basic is is moving the ball quicker I don't think Arsenal moved the ball quick enough you you don't drag people out of position you don't unsettle people by moving the ball at five miles an hour the passes have to be quick one or two touch we have to have zip in the game that's what the great Arsene Wenger sides used to do they used to move the ball so quickly how many times Dan did we used to watch countdowns on Sky Sports of how many seconds it took Arsenal to get from one goal to the other it was about pace. It was about doing it with, with an energy, with an intensity. And going back to the dribbling point and carrying the ball, 
I'd like to see our midfielders do that as well. I don't think Granit Xhaka is capable of picking up the ball and going past someone. I think we all agree with that. But I think Thomas Partey has the power, the physicality to do that. If he gets on the ball, has a look up, sometimes don't always go right or left for the safe option. Pick up the ball, take someone on. I think Danny Ceballos is capable of carrying a ball forward as well. And I just want to see that instruction implemented a little bit more. If we're going to stick with the back three behind these guys then that added protection is there. You have to take some element of a risk in order to create more. And that's kind of my thing. Um, you know, I feel like, yes, the system isn't ideal in terms of the creativity and all of that stuff, but I, I do feel there are some simple tweaks that can be made um, or simple instructions that can be given or maybe not. Maybe they're not instructions. Maybe there should be an added emphasis on those particular elements. And I think do you think that- Chaka Sabayas on party can be creative? Do you think the three of them can work as a creative? Um, I think I think when you look at like I know I have worries. People, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not have worries about that. But I do think yeah. though that that all of them are capable of picking out a pass. And so, you know, that's kind of it that's kind of part of it it's not all of it because i think to be creative like for example a lot of people give mr Ozil shit but the reality is a lot of the creative work that he does is because of the positions he takes up because he goes on the left for example and doubles up with a left winger that pulls another player with you and that creates spaces in the middle football is a lot more sophisticated than than i'm not going to say than some people think but then it is often given credit for and and i feel like I'm not going to say that, you know, we need Mesut Ozil back in the side because we, that, we've spoken about that to death, but I do feel like we need someone whose movement is a little bit smarter. And I feel like Mikel Arteta knows his football, understands the game and just has to identify someone within that current group that he's going to give that little bit more license to, that little bit more freedom to, so that we can create those spaces. Do you think as well that you even you even need a free midfield that work or a front free that work? And the reason I say a front free that works is because I look at Liverpool. I don't think particularly that Liverpool have creativity in their midfield. I think they have hard workhorse players that go backwards and forwards, box to box. And I think that if we sorted our front free out, then what we could have then if they were on fire is less creativity in the midfield because you could have hard work in midfield that would work going forward for the front free. So I think our front free needs to be sorted out ASAP, mate. So that's the last thing I'll say on that, mate. Yeah, I, look, there's there's lots to discuss. It's all ifs and buts. It's all hypothetical. We've got to see uh, what happens. But fingers crossed uh, we pick up a positive result at Old Trafford at the weekend and then things will feel a lot better, won't they? Um, <laughs> guys, don't forget to subscribe to We're the North Bank on all major podcast stores. It's the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. A big hello to all the followers that have joined us from Pain in the Arsenal as well. Uh, we welcome you guys to the show um, and we hope you've enjoyed it. Feel free to let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Subscribe if you're new. Leave us a review as well while you're at it. And we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care. Stay safe. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.